Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. Why, hello, and welcome to episode 241 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the first episode of August 2018 and the first of three interview episodes from last month's G Fest 25 held in Chicago, Illinois. It was such a fantastic convention, I was honored to be able to moderate a few panels with the guests at the show. And what you are about to hear is the panel that took place in Dojo Studios on Friday, in which Keizo Murase regales us with stories of his illustrious career in Japan and beyond, making the monsters that have terrorized screens large and small. Before we get to that, we will hear a brief track from one of my favorite movies that Murase worked on. You can probably guess it's from Daikaiju Buran. This is Baradagi, God of the Mountains by Akira Ifukube. G-Fest. Uh, for those of you who are very familiar with Dojo Studio, you might not know who I am. My name is Kyle Yount, and I run the Kaiju Cast. It's a podcast all about giant monsters. Uh, and joining me up on stage, we have Nicholas Cloutier, who's going to help me out. You guys know who we're about to talk to, right? Yeah. Yeah. You excited to meet the man who made... So many kaiju. The monster maker himself, Keizu Murase. And of course, Robert Scott Field on the other side is going to help out with translation. Good morning, everybody! Murase-san, I would love to know about the life you had before movies. Uh, he came from the island of Hokkaido, which is the northernmost island. It's where it snows a lot and everything else. And his parents, his family, was into agri- agriculture, like farmers. Mm, yes, yeah. I did read that you grew up on a farm. Yeah, I know. He was always milking the cows. So. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, were, they had a lot of horses as well, too. They made rice and many other different kinds of vegetables and stuff like that. So, it's, yeah, it was basically a farm, yeah. Uh, 
直せなくてそれで、えー、東京に来たんです あの東京ではすでに親戚とかいらっしゃいます、うん、私の、えー、実の兄貴が、えー、大学に来ておりましたので、His older brother was in, was in college in Tokyo at the time,、はい、yes. で、その兄を訪ねて、えー、出てきたわけです。And so I went to visit my brother, said, I'm here, it's Tokyo, I'm here. <笑><笑>それで、えー、初めてそのアルバイトと言いますか、えー、仕事をしてなかったので、ゴジラをこう作っているところにアルバイトに行ってみないかという話がありました。お兄さんに。そうですそうです。はい。And his his brother was there for college, but he's always worked working part time as well. And he didn't have a part time job or anything, so his brother asked him if he wanted to try working as a part time job with Godzilla type stuff. So you must have been familiar with Godzilla. やっぱりゴジラ知ってましたか。ゴジラは北海道にいたときに。初めて見たんです映画を。He saw his first Godzilla movie in Hokkaido, of course. はい、はい yeah. それで、えー、東京に来て、東方に入ったときに、ゴジラが重くて、ね、結局芝居ができないという。And when he first heard about Godzilla and he saw the, the, the heaviness of the, the、uh, suits and stuff like that, there's no way anybody could do any acting in this thing. It's too heavy. <laughs> まあ、それでなんとか軽くする方法がないかということで私が一番年がその造形部といいますかゴジラを作る5人のスタッフの中で一番若かったんですが。And he started as a part-time job there, but、uh, seeing how heavy Godzilla was, he got into the department that would take care of those type of designs and、uh, working on the、uh, suits and stuff itself. And he was the youngest of a five-member group, and they had to try to find a way to, to lighten Godzilla. それでようやっと、uh, 新しいものをどんどん取り入れて、uh, 北海道にいた頃に、うん農業をやりながらあいろんなものを使っておりましたのでそこでそういう知恵を生かせてそれでゴジラの方にこう力を入れて。And so they tried many different things, kind of like inventing the light bulb and things like that. But having been on a farm and having to use what they had around them because they were in the middle of the country, trying to use everything they could to make things work better in the farm,、uh, he used that knowledge when he started to build these things for Godzilla. And so he's trying to find everything around him to make it better, to make it lighter, to make it work better. And his、uh, knowledge of what he did on the farm actually helped a lot. So you came to Toho around 1958, correct? 58年ぐらいで行きました。1958年ぐらいですか。そうですね。僕はえっと日本の年号で言うと33年の年ですから。そうですね。He said it in Showa, the year Showa is 33 at 25. So yes, 1958. <laughs> so you guys know what movie came out in 1958? Daikaiju Baran. その背中にこうトゲの生えたデザインがあるけれどもひっくり返っても、えー、これがね背中のトゲが折れずにうまくこう曲がってまた復元するというそういう素材がないかという
The first big problem that they had, the first thing he was asked to do is to find a way that when Varan would uh, fall down or get in a fight and turn over, all the spikes on his back, they would keep breaking off. And so he wanted to find a way, and he was uh, asked to find a way that he would fall, even if he fell down or, or something uh, turned over or whatever, in any fight, all the spikes would be left uh, in, in, as they were, uh, without breaking. On my way to the shop one morning, I saw some people just spraying a hose of water all over the place. The, the hose was, it was uh, transparent and it just kind of looked very flexible. So I found a lot of hose and I, we tried to test the hose to see if it would handle it. And after we tested it, we showed it to Mr. Tsuburaya and he really liked it, which is always a good thing. <laughs> so the spikes on the back of the suit are made of a hose. <laughs> Nice. Very cool. So I'm a big fan of the design of Varan. So the design is Definitely one of the coolest looking kaiju in my opinion. <laughs> At the very beginning, when they made the Godzilla, they made Varan the exact same way. It was made of a steel net, and uh, so they were both very heavy at the same time. So they're basically made of the exact same stuff at the beginning. On top of the net, and this was at the beginning, on the top of the net, um, in Japan they sleep on what are called ftons. It's, uh, I don't, they call them ftons here? I think we just call them futons. Futons. <laughs> Futon is actually futon in Japanese. And so uh, there's a mat between the ftone and the floor that they sleep on. So they use a lot of that material to put on top of the netting to uh, actually make a better shape of uh, Ron and even Godzilla sometimes. バラの今あのお話が出たんでバラのこの皮膚の肌の形ですねあれは皆さんがおやつで食べるピーナッツありますねあれのこう殻があるんですねはいはいはい。And everybody talks about the skin of Varan as well. And you you know when you go to a baseball game and you eat peanuts, guess what they use for the the skin, the peanut shells. So <laughs> so in, until Tsuburai would come, they'd all sit in the corner eating peanuts and throwing it all over. <laughs><笑><笑> And he caught us eating the peanuts one time, but he looked at the shells and says, Hey, this might really work. This is good. <laughs> and so all of the skin was actually made out of those peanut shells, and it actually worked very well. <laughs> so you can call him Peanuts Varan if you want to, yeah. <laughs> we just need some jam, it'd be perfect, yeah. yeah. Or some beer. So uh, after Varan, you worked on Mothra, correct? Varan no ato de tsugi Mosura desu ka? Eh, so so Mosura ga itukurimashita ne. De Mosura no, ano, watashi no kunkai no tenji jou no hou ni arimasu kere do, Mosura no me ga desu ne. え、機械的な目じゃなくて非常にその、なんか悲しみを浴びたその、寂しい目、その、そういうものできないかという
Um, you can see some of his props and stuff uh, where he is in the, the other room and some of the things uh, uh, considered with Mothra as well there. Um, when they were making Mothra, they didn't want to make some, a mechanical type of eye or something that looked very mechanical, more of a solemn look, very kind of a sad looking eye. And that's what they think they got. So and so they started with clay and they actually to make it a more solemn eye they started um, using thumbs and molding it from the back of the eye to give it the kind of image and so they would do the, they did the front which is round and the back with the, the way that they're smoothing it out here and then they would cut it in half and stick something transparent inside it that gave it the look that they wanted. So it's not a mechanical looking eye, it's actually something that kind of looks like it's almost going to cry or it's sad about something and so we, we think we got that effect. You can come and look at where he is in the other room, and he's got some of those things there for you to look at. Please come. Come and see it. I'm there. His display room is downstairs. I think it's in between Artist Alley and one of the other panel rooms, but definitely go check it out. He's got some great stuff down there, yeah. So, Marasai san, when was the first time you actually built a Godzilla suit? Okay, the three, the of the three hundred monsters, the first time that he made a Godzilla suit, and it was a lot lighter than anything up to that point. Again, in his room, he's got a, a face of Godzilla about the same, made of the same type of stuff down there. Please come and look, yes. If you, if you touch it, you'll see this a lot softer than they had for anything up until that point. So it's a lot softer and, and lighter. So Mr. Nakajima was a lot, he was a lot happier after getting in my suit. Yeah. <laughs> so probably the first time that even if he fell down, he could get up by himself. <laughs> so from that suit on, um, it's uh, with all the different shoots that they had to make and all the long hours, it became very a lot easier for Mr. Nakajima inside the suit to actually move around better, and so probably the shoots were uh, better uh, speed-wise as well. At that time, they're finally their technology is getting better, and they had a certain type of rubber they they had developed that was also becoming very softer and easier to move around in. So and when it came to the tail, you can't see it from the outside, but on the inside, it's kind of like a lot of donuts that are connected to each other. And so it's easier to make. And the same thing, they'd put things in between it also on top of it to make it look like a real tail, but also it was very easy to move, uh, very flexible. So the, it became more lifelike because it's more flexible, so it looked more natural in its movement. Instead of something like a whipsum, it was very natural in its movement. Nice. Speaking of uh, Mr. Nakajima, what can you tell us about working with him directly? What kind of a man was he to work with? あ、
And uh, he was very quiet most of the time, except when he was in the suit. When he got in the suit, he got very hot. And he says, I want out. I want out. I need to get out. And he says, well, well, okay, we'll let you out. But they took their time opening the zipper. <laughs> so they teased him every so often. So they teased him so a lot of the times we would just, uh, where his neck is, there are little holes that he can see out of in his neck. And so a lot of times we just take a fan and stick it at the neck and <laughs> try to cool him off that way. <laughs> <laughs> and even though he was inside the suit and he wanted to get out, he said, no, we don't want, to, we don't want you to come out. Well, I need, a sm I need a smoke. He said, well, okay. And so they'd open the hole right there in the neck. They'd sit a cigarette in there and let him smoke it from his neck. So, so it wasn't coming out of his mouth. It was coming out of his neck. Even though we teased him, and even though uh, there are a lot of things happened during these shoots and stuff, he's a, he's a man with a very big heart, and he got along with us very well, and that's why we were able to make some great movies. So. Yeah, I, I was with him all the way through everything, you know, uh, with his movements after a shoot, between shoots and everything else. But uh, he, he had the hardest time during the movie, of course, but because I never let him out of the service, I became the bad guy for some reason. So, <laughs> so just so you guys all know, Marase's filmography, the movies that he's worked on, is huge. So unfortunately, we don't have three hours to talk about every single thing, so we're going to kind of bounce around a little bit. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about from the Showa-era Godzilla movies that I think everybody here wants to know about is the building of King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah is uh, he thought that everybody would be interested in King Ghidorah as well, and so he did make the neck of one, and he has it in his uh, for, to show you as well. So he helps you come down and look at that. It's very amazing. Yeah. He, he made it exactly the, like they made it in the day, the exact same size, so you'll be able to see exactly what they did during that time of the. All of the people that I worked on the movies with at the time are dead. And uh, I'm, I guess I'm what you would call a walking encyclopedia. I'm the only walking encyclopedia left from the Showa era and everything. So uh, I must be pretty important. Yes, very important, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> when I heard that you were coming to G-Fest. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's me who wants to thank everybody. The staff at G-Fest uh, inviting me to America, getting to meet all you people, and it's only started, and I've already met so many nice people. Thank you so much for inviting me to this. So could I ask a little bit, actually for the audience, who knows the history, or the assumed history of the color of King Ghidra. You guys know? This guy's about to blow your minds. Marase-san, what hi. color was King Ghidra when you built him? King Ghidra was the first time you built him. What color was the color? I was the color of the color. 
actually it may not blow your mind. By, by the time it got to him, it was yellow and gold. So <laughs> it was gold or yellow. So. During the process, uh, there was probably times when it was bluish. Uh, and uh, other colors, and, and when they were making posters as well, they were trying different colors, and so a lot of times you'd see different colors of King Yudur in the posters as well. Uh, but when it finally got to me, I, I painted it all yellow, uh, especially the body, it was all yellow when I got done with it, so. So, King Yudur was very important. Even with the latest technology that they had at the time, uh, because Kingur is so big, it's very heavy. And so at the beginning, we, we had plans to put someone in the suit to act, but. Uh, we tried many different ways to make it as, as light as possible, and we tried different ways to put it on the different scales and everything else, but we just, uh, we had, there were so many we had to put on that it just got heavier and heavier. Uh, just to make one suit uh, with all the scales, it took at least one month uh, to make it from, from, from. There were 18 people on his staff and him himself, and so it took uh, nine people to make it. It took one month to make uh, nine people to make it. So. You're probably, everybody's a little interested about the wings, especially. Uh, they use something that's very famous in Japan that you've probably heard of before. Something that the wind, even if it blows, it never breaks, is bamboo. And so they, they made the wings out of bamboo. And so. The first time they made it out of bamboo, the second time they used a lot of the, the uh, lines and stuff used in fishing to make the wings. And so, yeah, wow. Uh, because of that, it did become lighter, but it was still a very heavy uh, suit. Uh, because, again, because it was so heavy, we decided not to put a person in it, especially because we were having him bounce all over the place. The guy would probably die inside the suit. And so they had uh, 15 or 16 different wires that was connected to King Ghidorah to have him fly in the air, to have him bounce on the ground and everything else. So they had people going left and right, uh, very busy for that suit. Uh, you, you would be very interested to watch 15 guys working at the same time to make one suit move around. Yeah. So even they were trying to make everything lighter, King Ghidorah beat Godzilla in one thing, he was a lot heavier. <laughs> Uh, especially on the heads, they had at least two wires on each head, one of coming from the very top of the head, one in the back, uh, a little bit above the neck, so that they'd have that, that fun, the, uh, the famous movement of the, the heads. The, the mouths themselves, they had small motors that were run by uh, remote control. And so they were, had the movement of the mouse were somebody in the, uh, somewhere in the audience p pushing buttons type of thing. Well, 
つってるピアノ線が上で戦っちゃって<笑>それでなかなか撮影うまくいかなかった。Everybody here is when they watch the movie they can see two kaiju fighting together. In our, our case we're always worried about the piano wires fighting together in the top. So that's where we're always looking at the pirate. No, get away from that fight. No, get us, stay away. <laughs> So, in addition to King Ghidra and a bunch of other movies at Toho, you also worked on the Baragon suit from Frankenstein vs. Baragon? Frankenstein to Baragon, that's the way it is. Yes, yes, yes. 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 片方だけを釣ってフランケンだけは下にいてということで撮影をやりました。So that suit took a lot of damage during the filming, but not as much damage as when Eichi Tsuburaya took it to his company for Ultraman. ゴジラをですね、今朝もちょっとあのホテルのテレビ見てたらあったんですがゴジラにこう襟巻きトカゲのようにこう後ろにねこうネックをこうつけちゃって出てましたけどあれは私がこう一生懸命こう作ってやってました。ああ襟巻きのね Um, he, when he woke up this morning, he turned on the TV, and there was one of the movies that he was involved in, and it was the one that had the Godzilla with the, the, the neck coming out of it. Oh, the giraffe. The yeah. And so he says, Hey, I made that. He's looking at that, and he, <laughs> he, he remembers the, the funny thing about it that um, Suburaya would always, it's not like teasing, but he would always take my creations and he'd give him more damage from the movie. He'd give him more damage after the. This Godzilla was three So, <laughs> you may not realize it, but Godzilla's actually changes three or four times during the movie because it's been <laughs> beat up and they'd have to change it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> そういうものですと非常にその変身させることがね非常に楽だったので。Yeah, because of the technology getting better, uh, for example, something like King Ghidra or even Mothra would be very hard to make many of them. And even if they have damage, they'd have to take from different angles and stuff to make it look as best that they could. But because of the technology at the time with Godzilla, they were able to make a number of faces, other suits as well. And so if it had too much damage, they could always throw in a new suit or a, a face or a leg or whatever they needed to uh, make the scene go well. So. So it was a lot easier as time went on to do more with Godzilla because they had their technology up to date at that time. So, in this case, I was the most interested in Godzilla in Japan. Uh, and then he said he, he put a lot of energy, his heart, into this,、uh, the works and stuff, and he did it for the Japanese people in the day.、Uh, coming across the ocean and seeing all these people who love kaiju, Godzilla, and all the other kaiju, it just hit him straight in the heart. So he thanks you very much for that. ゴジラを作って、モスラを作って、キングギドラを作ってとこういろんなものを怪獣をずっとこう東方の全盛時代を全部こう足掛けて全部こうやってきたんですけれども<笑>まさか、ね、今になってこう皆さんにこうやって大切にしてもらえるとは思わなかったです。
I, I was with uh, Toho for pretty much the beginning when it came to making these different suits. And all of the ones I've come to make, all the things I've done, all the experiences I've had, and now at my age and coming to this day in Chicago, seeing all these people still loving what I have created, I feel so thankful for that. So really, again, thank you so much for that. So, and seeing everybody today as well, and I do some uh, seminars every so often, I'm, uh, and events in Japan as well. And the biggest thing I ask uh, is that the, that uh, Godzilla's light, Godzilla's fire, will never be blown out, will never be extinguished. And so all the children, all the big children, all the small children, uh, having telling the story, uh, expanding to the next generation so that Godzilla will continue forever is the biggest thing I could ever hope for. And please, that's what he's trying to do. And now seeing everybody here today, he feels that it will continue and it won't be extinguished. So thank you again for that. <laughs> あの、この年になっても皆さんにこう歓迎されてること自体が嘘のようで夢のようです。He Murase-san, there is a magic about the Showa-era films and about the suits that were made during that period of time. And I know I speak for everybody in the audience when I say we are so happy that you have come to show us what you've made, talk to us about what you've made, and share your experiences in the history of Godzilla. いや、本当に聞いていただいた皆さんすごい感謝しています。ええ、ありがとうございます。本当にありがとうございます。もう私も本当に夢のようですけれども、あまりにもこう過ぎ去っていく時間が早いので、あのびっくりしてるんですけれ
Uh, of course, at the very beginning, when he first started out, uh, he did not have his own company. But and so, but the dream was was to work for and with uh, Tsuburaya, and so that dream did come true. And having learned from him and the experiences that he had, and even after Tsuburaya it wasn't with uh, Toho connected directly as well, they made their own company. We felt the same thing. We went, we needed to continue like Tsuburaya did to make their own company. And even now, he has his his company is still doing the exact same thing they did so many years ago. They're making things. The kaiju, and he has a staff of 20 people now, and they're still doing the same thing. So he's keeping a fire burning. Yeah, nice. Staff of 20, and the company name is 20. No, that's not the reason it's called 20. <laughs> <laughs> When you first become an adult in Japan, it's at 20 years old is what they think. But you're, you're never supposed to forget the energy that you had at the time, all the experiences you've had from there, and the dreams you have from there coming, going forth. And so whether I'm 60, whether I'm 70, and now I'm 83, it doesn't matter. I return to the 20-year-old me to try to find that spirit again, that dream again, and to continue doing that, in that with that energy. And that's why it's called 20, not because they have 20 people in the staff room. <laughs> Which is a better explanation, I guess. Absolutely better. <laughs> so, c can we talk about you working with Dae and Gamera? I Gamera. 非常にその手足だけ出して、それでこう活動するっていうことが非常に難しかった。It was a very interesting, very difficult to to handle a flying turtle. Basically, you have the the top part, the bottom part. You got legs coming out here, and it's supposed to spin around, does everything. That was really hard. それであとあのガメラがですね、あの火を吹きんですね。ゴジラは合成で火をこう。uh, when it came to Gamera, different than Godzilla, he had a flame coming out of Gamera's mouth, and it was actually uh, from gasoline that they were doing. <laughs> Um, they use what's a, it's called a, uh, a tofu burner, which means uh, there are certain types of tofu, in J many different types of tofu in Japan. One of them is they, they brown the tofu uh, with these burners and you eat it like that. It's kind of like making marsh you know, roasted marshmallows type of thing. And he used that burner and he changed it up a little bit, was able to stick it into the mouth of Gamera. But as it was, if they had, had a flame coming out, it would melt all the, the bar parts of, of Gamera. And so they, he, he assembled it so that he'd have a pipe coming out of the back, the gasoline going through it, and as soon as he opened it up, it would actually force the gas out, hit the flame, and it would shoot it four or five meters, which is almost in the back of the room. Uh, and, and so he, they, because they were able to, to pinpoint it out of his mouth, it did not melt the mouth around it, and they really got the effect that they wanted. And it was all his doing, so. Wow. Out of a tofu burner, this was great. <laughs> で、ガメラが回りますね。そうすると、え、足からこう火を吹いてますね。足のところ。で、あれがですね、火が火薬がだんだん少なくなってくると、このコーラのここから出た時に、この辺がみんな燃えてしまうんです。それでそれを直すために
uh, area. And uh, that was the hardest part because it was spinning. And as the, the um, gun, it's, he said gunpowder, but the, the whatever it was inside that had, was on fire, um, it started to dwindle. And so as it did that, it would melt the leg part, the holes <laughs> of the legs. And so as, that's what took the most time is they'd have to take the damage, the burned turtle, and they'd have to re-fix the leg holes. And so it did look at So that took a long time for the shoots when they had the spinning scenes. <laughs> Many times as he was spinning, the, the flame would catch onto the piano wire in the middle and he would take a nosedive. <laughs> So they actually had a real fire one time. He made all the mountains and the hills and everything, all the little trees and all the miniatures in there. And he was spinning around, <laughs> caught the piano flyer, took the nosedive, hit the forest, put the mountain on fire, and the whole play was on fire. So. <laughs> <laughs> We had a lot of interesting shoots. Taihen means it was really terrible, but it's Taihen also means very, which means could be very good, very exciting, really horrible. It could be great and bad at the same time, basically. So you also worked on some other Dai properties. Specifically, you came in for the second and third Daimajin films. Uh, again, with Daimajin, it was the same. Uh, I came in from the second and third movie. The first movie, of course, the first Daimajin was also very heavy, very hard to move in. And so uh, having the, the experience with Godzilla and coming into the second movie, my, my thought process was to try to find a way to make Daimajin uh, lighter and easier to uh, move around as well. So Again, we tried many different things and we found the perfect uh, fit for the people and we were able to put it on the body and he was able to actually, uh, ab uh, the guy inside was actually able to smash cities and everything else around him a lot easier uh, than they had in the first movie. So the last there's a scene in the third movie where uh, is it they they so in the third film Daimajin uh, when he this is about powder yeah it's when yeah. He so Daimajin says goodbye he basically turns into a snow form and then crumbles away and so Murase is explaining how they made that happen yeah okay それでこれを全部あの布の切れの写って言いますけどもあながあいてるえまあ日本で言うとあの蚊が来ないようにネットを上こうつってますねあれで作ったんですあでででめでそうでそうでそうでそうでそうでそうでそうでそうでそうでそ
they they use the the antenna of a car uh, because it, it it can go down like this, you know. So they use the antenna of a car, put it on that, and as they push the button, had it go down, all the fibers would start going into the net and give the appearance of disappearing. So. So the and, and the way they showed it crumbling around and the, the yeah. it's not smoke but what is it it's all the, the crumbling pieces flying all over the place yeah. they actually took a vacuum cleaner and they pushed the reverse button on it they're pulling on the antenna it's going down and the smoke is going out of the, 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 the yeah and at the end, uh, they did the whole thing in one cut, uh, so it worked out perfect. But they, they didn't think it would do that well, but it was very, it was a lot simpler, actually, getting the thing done, and it turned out a lot better than they thought it would. So, yeah. That's that magic we're talking about, right? The magic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we really only have a couple of minutes left to, to really talk to you about your career. Um, I guess you have also worked in other countries. You worked in both Korea and Hong Kong on some monster movies. Yongari for Korea. Yeah, they made they made everything in Japan, and once they got it done, the four staff members and himself went to Korea uh, to help out when they made the movie. で、あの、香港でやったのは北京原人っていうのは、え、アメリカの金庫を本当は、え、香港におかりをして、で、それを金庫を香港のビルコンノートビルという一番大きいビルに登らせようという the Mighty Picking Man. Okay, uh, when they went into Hong Kong to make the Mighty Picking Man, they were actually trying to do something like the King Kong movie, but they uh, didn't get the rights of King Kong because they were going to have this thing climb up to the top of their highest building at the time, and they didn't get it, so they, they changed it around. So で、え、原型から全部作って、それで、え、北京版を作り上げたんですが、北京版のその体毛って言いますか、体の毛は、え、中国の方のお子さんの髪の毛を、こう、長いのをカットしたやつを一本一本植えてもらって、で、それを女の
<laughs> and and so the stuntmen didn't have any insurance. Uh, their staff and himself, they're running out of uh, time on their visa. His was a little bit longer than the other staff. The staff, he sent the staff home. They had to figure out how they were going to do the last scene. And he said, well, I made it. Uh, why don't we just have him fall off a building burning or something? So he himself fell six meters off of the building. So he became the stuntman. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> hey, he got the last scene in. <laughs> まあ、あの、それがですね、1回だけならいいんですけど、監督が3回も川があるんだ、着ぐるみがあるんだったら3回やろうって言うんで、3回ともやったんです。And he said, "Well, okay, I'll do it once." And so he did it once and they had three outfits to do it and so he the director made him do it three times. <laughs> so Every time he sees the end of the movie, he says, Man, <laughs> I remember that one. He has a face of the Pinky Man as well, and so please come down to his uh, room and see it, yeah. だからまあ本当になんかね、やはりこの映画の仕事というか、これをいろんなことをやってきたんですけれども、まあラストに燃えて落ちてしまうっていうね、そんなカットを取るとは思わなかったですね。I make movies, I help make movies for a living, but all the experiences just seems like you're doing a little bit of all kinds of different types of lives, but in all of the things that I've done, I never thought I'd be the one falling off of the building and melting at the end. So <laughs> this was a very interesting job that I've decided to do. <laughs> if you could pick one kaiju that you've worked on your entire career, so many years, what is your favorite kaiju to have built and why? あの、今までの好きな怪獣何でしょう。そして、そんな怪獣ね。うん、なんだろうね。ま、ゴジラはこう本当にこうずっと続いてきたから、毎回どうしたらその軽くなるかとかね、どうやったらこう長島さんの演
In addition to thanking the monster maker himself, Keizo Morase, and the actor who played Android M11 in Godzilla vs. King Ghidra, Robert Scottfield, for his interpretation, I would like to thank the staff of GFest 25 for their assistance in organizing this panel and interview. That includes Tim Bean, Jeff Horn, J.D. Lees, not to mention Dojo Studios for hosting the panel, and thanks to both Paul Gavins and Nicholas Cloutier. If you've never experienced the awesomeness of this annual convention, please check out their website at g-fan.com, and hopefully we will see you at next year's show. Small housekeeping updates. Don't forget that if you'd like to submit your homework for Godzilla vs. Biollante, the deadline for that is August 24th. If you've been waiting for the footprint pins to go back online uh, on the KaijuCast website, you should probably message me either on Facebook or via email, controller at kaijucast.com, to get one because uh, I only have about 36 of them left. And I'm kind of thinking about hanging on to them for Rose City Comic Con, which incidentally is coming up soon, folks. Also, incidentally, the Kaiju Cast will have a panel on Friday of the show and a listener party at Killer Burger downtown Saturday night. That is, of course, like a month away, but it's coming up. Anyway, keep an eye out next week for the next G-Fest 25 interview panel with Ken Pachiro Satsuma. I will leave you with another track from one of Marase's films, Titanosaurus Attacks from Terror of Mechagodzilla. We will see you for the next episode. Jamata. Yeah.